Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions, hosted by author, speaker, coach, and singer-songwriter Creelan Peters, also known as the Fear Whisperer. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, learned to embrace their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome back to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions. I'm your host, Creelan Peters. Today, I welcome guest Kathy Sikorsky to the show, and before I bring her on the line, I just want to share a little bit more about her. Kathy has been a caregiver for 25 years for seven different family members and friends. A published humorist, Kathy is also a practicing attorney in elder law. Her combined legal and humor expertise has made her a sought-after speaker tackling the comedy of caregiving and the legal issues that affect those who will one day be or need a caregiver, which is pretty much everyone. Her latest endeavor is her humorous memoir, Showering with Nana, Confessions of a Serial Killer Caregiver. Kathy is a contributing author for the HumoristOutcasts.com website, and she can be seen on the Westchester Story Slam YouTube channel. Known as a thought leader, Kathy's work is found in the Happiness Recipe Anthology, the best of year one published in 2014. Her blog, You Just Have to Laugh, Where Caregiving is Comedy, is at her website, www.kathysikorsky.com. So welcome, Kathy, to the Jam Sessions. Thank you, Creelin. So happy to be here. Yes, and I, I almost chuckled as I was uh, reading your your intro there, just because I I love the the title of your memoir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I know it's long, but I had to get it all in. <laughs> you do. I know. I totally get it. I mean, I my brand is get out of your own damn way, and people right. are like, oh, could you shorten that? No, I'm I can't. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, that because not you have work. to get out of your own damn way. That's right. Yes, uh, every word is it, the real estate is precious, and it's all We're, serves a purpose. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. For sure. Well, wonderful. It sounds like you've got quite a background too with your legal and humor, which don't often or always go together. Although I do have a lot of uh, lawyer friends, and they are pretty hilarious. So maybe it does go together. I don't know. I think people don't realize that lawyers actually do have a sense of humor. In fact, I'm suspicious that that's where all lawyer jokes actually come from. They come yeah. from us lawyers. <laughs> that, yeah, same with healer jokes, too. Right, right. Yes, exactly. Well, I think um, it's great that you can laugh at your own profession and, and, uh, and, and laugh at at, at, at your own expense, so to speak, I think it's a, it's a, a wonderful human trait to have. It's critical, really. It, it truly is to be human. I think it's critical to be able to laugh at yourself and to you know what's going on in your life to really just take the humorous look. It's always the easier way to do it. Yeah, it can be funner, and you know, and, and there can be some stings in there. I mean, not all all humorous. Um, endeavors are necessarily start off that way <laughs> right right absolutely yes. yeah exactly what i say yeah oh yeah so speaking of humorous endeavors i would love for you to share more about your story as humorous or not humorous as it has been and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way well I, first of all i I, I have been a lawyer for over 30 years and have mostly limited my practice to elder law because by default I've become this caregiver for seven different family members and friends. Mm -hmm. That really wasn't my job. That was just something I was doing on the side. 
Mm-hmm. And so I learned very quickly, and this began about 25 years ago, with my 92-year-old grandmother who came to live with me, my husband, and my two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And those two became a united front within two weeks that they mm-hmm. made me so crazy. <laughs> and then in February of 1991, I lost my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She didn't die. I actually lost her in oh. the mall. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not kidding. So I decided I w- these two were driving me nuts. It was winter time, and I would take them to the mall and get them tired because that would be, you know, a dream come true, a long winter's nap. So I just had to quick stop at the Hallmark store, put my grandmother on the bench. I said, Nana, do not move. I will be right back. Ran into the store with my toddler in her stroller to get the card, and, of course, the one I needed was in the very back of the store. Mm-hmm. I run back out, and when I come back out, she is gone. Ugh. And we cannot find her. And it's a little local mall, and we search for 30 minutes with no luck. So security tells me to go home, call the police and go home. And I'm mm. thinking, I'm not going home. I've lost my grandmother. My mm-hmm. mother is going to kill me. I've <laughs> lost her mother. Yes. And then it dawns on me, I run to the parking lot, and there's my Nana standing next to my car. And, of course, you know, you get that big sense of relief. You're so happy that this terrible thing isn't going to happen. And, of course, what comes out of your mouth is, where the hell have you been? (laughs) Right. To which she replies, you said we were leaving. I should go to the car, which, of course, I never said. Mm. And in that moment, I really realized that as a caregiver, the one thing you're probably going to lose is your mind. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to step back and just, you know, say, okay, that was pretty funny, <laughs> and just move on. Yes, and, and how true is that? I mean, there's so many life lessons in just that little um, excerpt that you shared of your of your life and your caregiving journey because it, it's so true that if we cannot learn to see the humorous side, then I, I do. I truly believe we will all go crazy. Yes, yes. And so that's how, that is a big key of how I learned to get out of my own damn way. But I have to tell you that, especially for caregivers, I think there's probably three important things that they could do, which I also had to learn to get out of my mm-hmm. own damn way. And the first one, and this was just quite frankly a lucky break for me because I'm an elder lawyer, is get your affairs in order. It is so critical that people need to, you know, get their parents, if they're taking care of their parents or, you know, their grandmother or whatever, to make sure that they have those important documents that will make their life easier. And I am continually shocked and surprised at how people wait until it's too late. So that's the first thing you can do. Mm -hmm. You know, make your life easy by doing the important things you need to do. Get them done. Because once they're done, you're good. You're out of your way. You can move forward. The second thing that people can do, and this is probably true for everyone, Mm -hmm. ask for help. Ah, yes. The way to get out of your way is to ask for help. It's so funny. You and I were just talking. I, too, just hired an assistant. Mm -hmm. My God. For a very minimal amount of money, my life has become so free, I am shocked, right? Like, why didn't I do this three years ago? Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy? Well, it's part of what I call the superwoman syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, that we just have to do it all on our own. We're used to doing it all on our own. You know, my background, and I won't get into too many details, but I, you know, kind of had to raise myself. 
and got used to being there, doing everything for myself, became a single parent. Like, it's just we get used to it, and I think we just forget that there are other people out there, even, you know, people sometimes we do have to pay and sometimes we don't. Right, who, exactly. But, the, but just the act of asking for help is so freeing. It, it is, and re, re, you're so right on about whether you have to pay or not pay. That's really almost always not the issue. No, it's, it's not. It's the asking that's the issue. Mm-hmm. And I, if I could just teach, you know, pretty much everyone that, but mostly caregivers, that you have the right and even the obligation to ask for help. This this burden is too much for one person, mm-hmm. which really does lead me to the third thing, which is take a break. Yes. Caregivers are so unwilling to allow themselves to take a break, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a, if, if you read any kind of caregiving literature or whatever, they say, oh, everybody says that, but how can I do that? Because, of course, it goes back to ask for help. That's how you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <laughs> it, but there's there's something that happens because I find this um, with the population that I work with, which is, you know, the healing and service professionals. So I work with mental health therapists and coaches and spiritual leaders and all of that. And it's the same type of thing that you're talking about is we all have kind of this nurturing nature and we're supposed to be the ones who are asked for help. We don't ask for help. Right. And we don't get a massage and we don't go get a mani-pedi and we don't, you know, we don't sit down and read a book for even a half hour because we're supposed to be caregiving. We're supposed to be healing. We're supposed to be the go-to person. But I always say when I do my speaking engagements, you as a caregiver need to be the healthiest person in the room. Yes. It's that old oxygen mask analogy. Yes. Yes, Creelan, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. So true. So true. Yeah, we if we're not if we're not healthy if we're not taking care of ourselves how the hell are we going to take right, care of other right. people? Yeah. And then really for this is sort of number four because we started it or one a. Um, I say use yours and everybody else's sense of humor. Watch mm-hmm. funny movies, read funny books, graphic novels. Go to my website. You just have to laugh. You know, <laughs> go to my Humor Outcast website where peop, all kinds of people write hilarious things. I mean, it sounds so silly, but I know I'm pretty sure it was Norman Mailer who uh, was a famous writer, very, very ill, and decided that the only way he could make himself better was through laughter. And he didn't actually write funny things, but he read funny things. Mm-hmm. And he just told people, don't bring me anything unless it's going to make me laugh. And he really believes he cured himself from his serious illness by using laughter as a daily dose of medicine to make himself better. It is, and it, there's something about humor that just helps us change perspective, and it's like instant. You know, if we can laugh, it automatically shifts us to a different place, Cause, and especially those topics that are maybe tougher to find humor in, yeah. um, because I really respect people who can make me laugh and think at the same time. <laughs> you yes, know what yes, I mean? Yes, agreed. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and I have to tell you, when I started my mission, and I've been a lawyer for a long time, but n- not so much a humorist except in my own mind for a long time. <laughs> and so when I decided to go on this mission, I started my blog about three years ago, and I, I actually kept a diary about my grandmother and my two-year-old, and that's what turned into my book, Showering with Nana. Mm-hmm. So 
also because the diary was meant sort of as a release for me, you know, like I cannot right. believe these two are doing these things. I've got to write this down. Yeah. And ultimately it became, you know, my writing, my whole writing hobby, and it turned into a book, which was so exciting and fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. but, the, but the bottom line for that was um, I was changing my focus from just, you know, being a lawyer and an elder lawyer from really recognizing that this humor part of caregiving is really fun and kind of essential. But I had a lot of naysayers. People who mm-hmm. said, you can't do this. This is not a funny topic. You know, right. people are suffering. We're trying to take care of them. We're exhausted. I'm like, that's exactly when you need to start laughing. It is. It is because <laughs> we, we take ourselves so seriously. And, mm-hmm. and it is. It's a very serious thing to be taking care of someone in that way. Um, and, and the issues that people who are being taken care of are facing are are real. But yes. but if we can find the humor in the real stuff, like that's where it's at. I, I just and really believe that. My my current so I took care of my grandmother. I took care of my mother-in-law, my aunt who was you know elderly. My mom when she broke her leg and broke her arm. Although she's the most amazing eighty-seven-year-old you're ever going to want to meet. <laughs> and right now I'm the primary caregiver for my brother-in-law who has multiple sclerosis and is wheelchair-bound. And I'm the primary caregiver for a friend of mine who has miraculously recovered from a traumatic brain injury six years ago. She fell down a flight of stairs. But one thing I will tell you about these people is that they, too, have a sense of humor. Yes, they do. And people forget that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, they are are just as happy to poke fun. Well, they're real happy to poke fun at me. You know, and they're just as happy to poke fun at the same systems I do, the medical community, you know, Medicare, insurance companies. You know, I'll go in there and I'm like, you guys are not going to leave the conversation I have with your insurance company today. Things like that. Like, they too. People don't lose their sense of humor because they get sick. (laughs) No. No, they don't. You know, and that reminds me, when my mom was on her deathbed uh, just over three years ago, one of the last things she said was a joke. You know, she was trying to make light of how her body was breaking down. And yes. it took me and my sister aback, but then we were laughing because, you know, our mom would have wanted us to laugh with her. Of um, course. Yeah. Of so course. it was it was a very precious moment, one that I haven't really shared outside of my close circles. So thank you for bringing that memory back. I'm sure you very cherish that very much. And let me tell you, when my Nana died, she was 96 years old. So mm-hmm. she lived a good, long life. And I happened to be just by serendipity the only one there. And I was telling her, okay, Nana, you know, it's time to go. And she was a little bit comatose, like she wasn't talking anymore. And she passed away. And I'm holding her hand, and I'm like, okay. And then she took a deep breath and woke up. Mm -hmm. And I burst out laughing. I said, all right, that's enough now. We're done. And then she closed her eyes, and she went. Mm -hmm. And I was just laughing. It was hysterical to me. Mm -hmm. It was just one little last little joke, Kath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it is. It's like such a memory that you can take because it's the humor, it brings out our personality and it brings out our humanness. And so if we can, and, and there's also a, a very genuine um, humility and humanity and vulnerability in it. Yeah. And it's just so nice to be able to share that because if we're sharing the not so exciting and lovely parts of caregiving, why not also share the wonderful parts of it as well? Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and don't don't discount the people you're caregiving for. They too share a sense of humor. And they too, you know, they too are not completely without capability of still laughing at certain things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I love when I go over and visit my brother-in-law and, you know, we just talk about old times or whatever and we're sitting there laughing. It's just great. It's just, it's it's very uh, healing for both of us, for sure. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I yeah. bet. And it's definitely a way, like I said, to shift and, and to get out of our own damn way. I love that you are able to, to kind of, Look at it that way and to pull it apart and that you have that lovely story about the, the parking lot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> There's one day, this is one day I came downstairs, I was doing laundry, and I was always afraid to leave them alone together because mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just went upstairs to gather the laundry, and I come downstairs, and they're eating a snack. Okay, that's fine. You know, we've got plenty of snacks in the house. But it looks like they're eating peanuts. And, of course, my daughter was two, so I had no peanuts in the house because that's known to be chokers. And mm-hmm. some children are, you know, allergic. I cannot figure out what they're doing except that the dog is right there with them. He's jumping up trying to get to them, and I realized <laughs> they had both put their hand in the dog's food dish uh-huh. and took his dry dog food, and that was their snack. Hmm. <laughs> And I said, you know what? It's it's whole grain. It's right. good for you. Knock go yourself for it. out. You'll get yeah. your fiber. <laughs> Let oh, it go. Fabulous. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. So so that that book, Showering with Nana, Confessions of a Serial Killer, which is crossed out caregiver, is is that journey with my my 92 year old and my two year old. Yeah. And, um, how that six months we I took care of my nana for six months because my mom she was living with my mom and my mom went to Florida for a very well earned rest. Uh-huh. Um, but of course my experience was completely different from my mom's because I had the two year old. Mm-hmm. That's where the rub was. But yeah, again, and, yeah, and to see them side by side and you're like, huh. <laughs> Which this sandwich generation, you know, people are taking care of older people and and younger, you know, their children who might be, you know, two, four, six, eight, ten years old is is not as uncommon as people think it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And these people also need a little bit of a push to, as you say, get out of your own damn way. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to, you know, to, to take this journey for what it is, but also take care of yourself while you're doing it. Right. Absolutely. And I want to ask you, too, because I don't want to underscore the importance of asking for help and taking a break. Two of the the four-part 1A type plan that you (laughs) talked about. (laughs) Um, So how can people do that? Because, you know, we can sit here and say, oh, yeah, we do that. We, you know, but people, I know there's people out there listening who are like, I need to do that. I just don't know how. I love this question. Thank you so much for asking it. Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to tell you is, of course, obviously some people are fortunate enough to have big families where they can ask, you know, their sister, their cousin, their whatever to come and help. And, and I have to tell you the truth, they often don't do even that when they have mm-hmm. big families. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it is the superwoman syndrome, you know. They think they're the only person who can do it well or do it right. And you may be the best person, but for a couple hours, you can pick somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. But there's also this other set of people who don't really have anybody, Creelin. They are really, truly on their own. But what they don't know or probably haven't been able to investigate is, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't live where you live, but I know where I live and, and in many other states across the nation. They have uh, agencies called Aging and Adult Services, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And those agencies often have respite care, someone who will come in for an hour or two, someone who um, maybe you can take your, your uh, family member to adult daycare for an hour or two. And often, believe it or not, these services are free or very, very inexpensive because the state has usually set up something to make elder care a little bit easier for the family. But people just don't know what's out there. Mm-hmm. And they have to be aware that this is, this is something you can take advantage of. And often, as I said, it's free or very, very inexpensive. And it gives you, and then, of course, once you get that respite care, whatever it may be, that's when you take your break. Mm -hmm. That's when you do for yourself. You don't go home and do 10 loads of laundry. (laughs) Okay? Do you remember? Uh, I remember doing that when my kids were infants. Yes, when they were sleeping, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, wait a minute. Right. This is stupid because they're not going to sleep all night and neither am I. Mm -hmm. And that stopped. That's when my husband learned how to do the laundry (laughs) because I asked for help. Yes, absolutely. And I had help when my son was an infant, too. I had a friend who came over and helped me because I asked. That was so nice and uh, much much needed because I had an emergency C-section and couldn't go up and down my own frickin' stairs. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So, so So, I mean... I don't, people, you would be shocked, or maybe you wouldn't, because you sort of deal in this area as well, but it always shocks me how people won't ask their friends for help. You know, and and that's, it's true, and I mean, I, I've struggled with that too, and, um, you know, I still sometimes do, but the thing is, what it does is it allows us to, to talk about things. You know, after my yeah. mom passed, I needed support on a different level, and I didn't exactly know what I needed, but I know that I needed people around me. Yeah. And so I asked and I had these really rich conversations with a couple of my dearest friends who mm-hmm. they you know, I was you know, two sentences in, they're like, Whatever you need, you know. <laughs> you know and yeah. I think right? we sometimes get hung up on, Oh, well they're not gonna want to, they're gonna think I'm being a burden. You know, we what's we so, do this mind trick with ourselves. What's so interesting to me about that is, Creelan, I'm sure if any of your friends came to you and said, I need your help, you would be whatever you need. In a heartbeat. Exactly. So I don't know why we forget if we would do that. We don't think our dear friends or relatives would mm-hmm. do that for us. Right. That's that's interesting to me. It is interesting, and yet it is, it's everywhere. It's prevalent yes. in, in a conversation that yes. I have with my clients and as you do with yours. So. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to shift gears, if you don't mind, for just a minute. Sure. Because I often get this question about how to get out of my own way because now I'm a writer and a speaker. I don't really private practice law much anymore. I try not to, actually. And they often say, well, how did you switch that gear, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard. I was a lawyer for 30 years. But in order to do that career change, my book and my writing and my my blog and and speaking about these issues became really important to me. It, It was really a shift that I realized, okay, this is my new mission and I need to do this. So I started going to writing seminars, and I pitched my book in Philadelphia and New York City and other writing venues, and I took a course on how to write a book proposal, and I started pitching agents, and I did not get a publishing contract with any of them, even though they all said they'd look at my proposal. None of them picked it up. I met my publisher at a writer's conference when she was teaching a humor course. Um, Her name was Donna Cavanaugh, and she owns this Humor Outcast Press, which is online, and it's a hilarious site and she 
not only invited me to write there, but I asked her to edit my book because humor was, you know, her main focus, and I wanted mm-hmm. a humor writer, not just an editor. And after she read it, she said, I would love to publish this book. Mm-hmm. So you see, there's serendipity around every corner, but there you've got to put yourself in places that you're not used to being. Right, and just the fact that you went out and took classes and educated yourself. And yes. So many times, I'm, I'm amazed that people spend more time planning a vacation yes. than they do planning their own life. Like, where do I want to be in five years? How do I get there? And, and it's, it, you know, one of the quotes that I love, and I forget who says this, but, and I'm going to botch it because I can't remember exactly, but, but that we, we, um, it, about failing to plan. If and you, planning to fail. Yes, Some, yes. You know what I'm talking you, about? If you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you fail to plan, then you might as well plan to fail. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it, it just amazes me that we just, you know, a lot of us will put out in the universe, oh, you know, I want to be married. I want to have this many kids. I want yeah. to, this is the career I want to have. And yet, where's the roadmap? <laughs> yeah. And I just decided to do, to go to the places where people were doing the things I wanted to do. Yes. Because I thought they could help me figure out how to do those things. And mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing. People don't realize how generous people are, even strangers, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. The writers are probably the most generous group of people I've met in a very long time. Well, I guess because lawyers probably aren't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true at all. Um, but they are. Writers truly are. And I was just so blessed with having met some great people. And I'm on these writing websites now, and these women are so supportive. And we all, you know, read each other's blogs and get it out there. I'm actually on the Huffington Post now. I mean. My writing life has become really fun and exciting, and that's just because I decided to get out of my own damn way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and yeah. it's true. I mean, we, you know, it's it's having that goal, it's having the intention, and then, you know, one of the I think the drawbacks of the whole like law of attraction and um, abundance kind of stuff that's out there yeah. is that a lot of it's missing that action piece. You can't just wait for stuff to happen. Yes. Um, and and so there's there we need to take action. So we not only need to have a goal or a dream, but we also need to actually do something, like you said, to yes. get out of our own damn way. Yes. And why not make it fun? Why not go after stuff you really want? I think that's <laughs> the key. And I think it's exactly what you're saying, that that's the piece that they miss. They feel like that taking that action will not be fun. It will be hard. It will be intense. It will be mm-hmm. painful. So what you have to do is find the part of this thing that you want to do that's fun for you because yeah. obviously you want to do it, so there's got to be something around it that make, that's fun. And go do that fun part, and that's when it will all fall into place. And then your law of attraction and abundance will actually yeah. show its face because you're having fun. Absolutely, and that's not to say that there isn't hard work involved and there aren't right. sacrifices that need to be made, but if we need to right. keep our eye on the prize yes. and remind ourselves why we're doing this. So there are, you, you know, some very realities to yeah, going yes. after a goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that hard work is actually also fun if you're really enjoying getting where you are. It is. Most of the time. I'm just thinking of, like, when I went back to grad school. Like, I, oh, did, not, I did not like every class that I took. You're a brave, brave girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, I always I gotta have admit, my I went to law school. Yeah. I I graduated from college and worked for three years, and then went to law school. And there uh-huh. were truly parts of that that I could have done without. <laughs> right, right. So that's what I'm like. I'm thinking like on my entrepreneurial journey. You know, 
there's been a lot of, of sacrifices that need to be made, but I am yeah. having so much freaking fun because I yeah. have so much freedom. I have so much, I'm, I'm a really good boss, by the way, because yeah. I do give myself time off to take naps and get mani pedis and massages when I need them. So. Love it. Love it. <laughs> You are you are one of my you're one of my uh, minions. <laughs> yes, yes. What we do. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what we need to do. I, I, yes. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at the time. I cannot believe we're out of time already. I know. It's wonderful. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, we could just talk for a long time. I think like all my guests. I'm like, how did we just go through 30 minutes? I don't know how that happened. So. Um, but before we, we sign off, I want to make sure that anyone out there listening who would love to connect with you has a way to do that. So how do we would get love in touch it. with w- you? W- yep, www.kathysikorski.com. Um, type it into Amazon, and my book will come up, Showering with Nana, or I'm at Twitter at Kathy underline Sikorsky. And also on HumorOutcast.com, which is a fun, fun website. And you can see me, and my book is on there. My publisher, Donna Cavanaugh, is on there. And we would love to have you come visit us. Great. Wonderful. And do you have any last-minute things to say, any tips on how to get out of your own damn way? Um, just, you know, I, I just know that so many people love you. Really, truly, there's people out there who love you, love yourself, and uh, life will be good. Yay! <laughs> thank you, Creelan. So fun. Oh, thank you, Kathy, so much for being on the show. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam session. Stay tuned for more powerful interviews with people who have learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions with Creelan Peters. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and invite your friends to join us at www.creelan.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. That's www.krylyn.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. Thanks for tuning in.